Hi everyone, you're listening to STEM Revolution with me, Perry Chain, as your host. This week we will be delving into the topic of additive manufacturing. Also known as 3D printing, additive manufacturing is a quick and easy process that is defined by a wide range of rather complex technologies. Basically, it is a relatively fast prototyping method in which those complicated technologies translate virtual solid model data, or CAD models, into physical objects. The process is referred to as additive since it involves a prototype being built through a machine continuously adding ultra-thin layers of a composite material. Now I won't go too far into detail because I have some experts with me today who will be sharing their knowledge on additive manufacturing. Together we will be exploring the process of 3D printing, its pros and cons, its current uses, and its future applications as it changes science and engineering one layer at a time. First here with us, I have Ryan Lynch, who will be discussing the process of additive manufacturing. Ryan? So within the realm of additive manufacturing, there are several major methods available to make products. The first method ever created was stereolithography, a process that uses resin secured by ultraviolet light. The liquid resin is poured into a basin, and a UV laser focuses on points specified by the print file, curing and solidifying the resin in the shape desired. Then the building surface is raised, and the next layer is printed. Eventually, the layers add up to make a finished 3D product. Though stereolithography has recently made a comeback in popularity, the most common method remains fused deposition modeling, or FDM for short. FDM printing uses an extruder to place small beads of melted plastic at points designated by the print file. Similar to the previous method, the building surface is lowered and successive layers are printed until the product is complete. While both these methods are common, not of true metal. This is done with a sintering printer. A sintering printer works in one of two ways. Both start with thin layers of metal dust, but in one, a laser passes overhead, melting or sintering print layers into the dust, and in the other, the metal dust is bonded together with glue dispersed by an inkjet printer, much like ones commonly found in homes. Out of the printer, the product is fragile, but after treatment in a furnace, it is solid metal. This type of printer can be found in Lafayette's engineering department. Several other methods of additive manufacturing are being experimented with such as bioprinting, the printing of cells and tissue, and nanofabrication, self-assembling, and in some cases, self-replicating nanostructures. These and the methods previously described are still in development, however, and despite great promise, some issues remain. Thank you, Ryan. Now joining us today, I have Liam McCormick. Liam, can you explain some of 3D printing's strengths and weaknesses? Sure, Perry. As with all things, there are numerous benefits and drawbacks. Some benefits include the fact that for many products, 3D printing can replace machine tooling, allowing for cheap, low-volume production once you've acquired all the materials. It also allows users to produce personal, custom products for their designs, rather than adapting their designs for a more universal product. However, while 3D printing is cheap and convenient for metals and metal alloys, that is not the case for most polymers, which require more research and development. For the polymers that are compatible with 3D printing, they are often not recyclable, whereas the metals often are. And one of the largest drawbacks is that while 3D printing is material efficient, it consumes large amounts of energy to complete the process. Thanks, Liam. Next, we have Wasay Ahmad, another expert in the field of additive manufacturing. Wasay, what are some current uses of this method? In modern times, most 3D printers are utilized for not for final product production, but for generating mold prototypes. From engineering to check the fit of different parts before committing to costly production, to architects who use it to display accurate and detailed models for their clients, 
to archaeologists and medical professionals who prefer to handle full-size copies of bones. But even as we speak, the range of products which employ 3D printing for design and production is constantly growing to include automobiles, trainers, jewelry, toys, plastic containers, and yes, even coffee makers. The most recent breakthroughs, though, are in medicine and dentistry, where 3D printing is used for tissue and organ fabrication, creating prosthetics and implants, and pharmaceutical research concerning drug discovery, delivery, and dosage forms. Thank you, Wase. Now, I'm just curious as to what this process has in store for the world of STEM. Perhaps Sarah Mikovic can indulge us a little bit and explain some future applications of additive manufacturing. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Perry. As we already know, there are countless areas, such as the aerospace, automotive, and biomedical industries, to which additive manufacturing technologies can be applied. A variety of emerging additive manufacturing applications were presented at the 8th International Conference on Photonic Technologies this past September in Germany. One particularly innovative application of laser additive manufacturing is being explored by researchers at the School of Industrial Engineering of the University of Vigo in Spain. Fernando Lusquinos and his team are looking to restore bone, specifically cranial defects, by using laser cladding to manufacture silicate bioactive glass implants. This new additive method of manufacturing three-dimensional bioceramic implants will allow for a more efficient fabrication time and greater flexibility in implant composition and shape. Thanks, Sarah. And again, I want to thank all our guest experts for being here. So, I hope you all learned a little something today. I certainly did. Clearly, additive manufacturing is an incredible method that has an immense amount of potential. It will certainly be interesting to see upcoming enterprises involving this process come to fruition and to watch it help shape the future of science and engineering. For now, I hope that you'll join us next week for another installment of STEM Revolution. Thanks for listening.